Welcome to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. I'm Sheila Clefcorn, professional fractional CMO for B2B companies and host of the podcast. I'm deeply committed to transforming the world through technology, one company at a time. So stick with me until the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest with just 15 to 20 minutes of your time. I'm glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CEO and Founder Magic podcast. I'm excited today to have Justin Esker with us, uh, and you're in New York, is that right? Uh, I tell people I'm from New York, but I currently live in New Jersey, but I preface that I'm from New York. However, unfortunately for my children, they have to be from New Jersey. Ah, uh-huh. well, New York and New Jersey are both awesome. I'm here in Phoenix. I used to work in New York um, and spend a lot of time in New Jersey. Lovely, lovely places. I'm excited to have you today because you have a a really compelling founder journey. So tell us a little bit about your, what your company does and how you got into this. Yeah, thank you so much. So hi, I'm Justin Eskar. I'm the owner of the Virtual Consulting Group. Uh, we are made up of a couple different divisions, all based around Apple products. So Virtual Computers is our B2B uh, outsourced IT support for clients who have Apple products. So we're talking about five to 50, graphic design firms, nonprofits, things like that. We have a company called My Mac Mentor, which teaches more, it's more B2C, but we teach you how to better use your Apple technology. And we have a company called Gravity, which is our Apple authorized service provider, meaning we can fix Apple devices in and out of warranty. And then I have a bunch of like ancillary things on the side that are all Apple related as well. So I run a conference called ACES, which is all about the business side of IT consulting. Um, I've written a business book, a children's book, an adult coloring book. I got a funny t-shirt store. Uh, I've done a little hardware. I've done a little software. I like custom sneakers. You know, I've uh, we run the gamut. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, tell us how you got into this journey of being an entrepreneur. So I've always been an entrepreneur since I was born, right? I think it was it was always intrinsically in me. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. He owned his own construction company uh, way back in the day in Brooklyn. And ever since, you know, when I was born, like growing up with him and, and him teaching me all these things about being an entrepreneur kind of just really resonated well with me. I mean, in fifth grade, my friend was sitting on the right side of me would make these origami pencil, like pa- these pen holders, like the pencil holders made out of paper. I'd buy them off of him for a nickel, sell them on the dude on the left at, for a quarter, right? In high school, I was the number one uh, candy seller of the from the future business of leaders of America. Like imagine a guy, like a 15-year-old like a kid with a hoodie being like, oh, you want Sour Patch straws? You want M&Ms? What do you want? Like I, I really always had it in me. And growing up in the, in the 80s, you know, I looked up to people like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. I was always into computers and technology. I was enamored with like Nintendo and things like that. And so I always said to myself, I want to own a computer company mm-hmm. and uh, wasn't smart enough to like do well in programming or, or are smart enough to like be an engineer. So I couldn't do any of those things. And so when I graduated college, the market wasn't that great. I was temping. My sister had a Mac. Uh, she's 12 years old. I mean, she was living in Manhattan and she needed help. She called some company. The guy came over and fixed it. She got their business cards. I called them, applied for a job. And I started working for them. And then for the next four years or so, I worked for them in some facet. There's details there that don't matter. And then in 2008, I went and started my own company, which I started with virtual computers. And mm-hmm. I built that up. 
being the consultant's consultant, right? I was I was very knowledgeable with a lot of different things, and I would help other Apple consultants do their jobs. And then I took that knowledge and got my own clients. And then I decided to create my first app back in when the iPad first came out. Mm-hmm. And because I did that, I was able to write a book about it. And then I went on a speaking tour to the Mac conferences about the book. And then that got me to meet other Apple consultants, which led me to learn that, you know, none of them knew what they were doing or doing it the right way or whatever, which led me to hosting a conference to teach them about the business side of IT consulting, and which then led me to meeting all these other consultants who I didn't know who joined. And then I actually acquired in the last two or three years, three of those people who used to come to the conference, which has allowed us to do the expansions and and the other companies that we do. So it all bred from this one thing of like, I always wanted to own a computer company. I really like Max. I think I'm pretty good at business. Other people might disagree. And, uh, you know, I kind of just melded those all together and it all it all came together to what it is today as we're recording this towards the end of March in 2023. That's awesome. It's it's a really great story about following your passion. Yeah, it's- uh, I, I it's funny because that topic has come up a lot with my with my business coach and, and a couple of other people I've talked to, where my passion is is isn't necessarily technology. My passion really is helping other companies grow. And I feel like I've done that through technology. And now I'm on maybe the next leg of my journey, which is doing that through business coaching and consulting or more with the conference and things like that. Uh, Even with the residential side of things, like acquiring that. Over the years. Yeah, uh, slightly, slightly, right? It's, It's changed its motive, right? But I've always wanted to help people right? I'm native. I'm naturally wanting to help people. It was originally with like, let me help you with technology. And now I've mastered that, I guess. And now I want to move on to the next part, which is let me help you not only with technology, but with your business, right? And and if I could do that with technology or without or with coaching, I want to help other consultants, Apple, uh, other IT consultants grow their business as well. So it's kind of like taking a form all on its own that I didn't even realize was there when I first started. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us who are CEOs and founders, we started doing something we were really excited about. And then it's morphed based on both passions changing, getting more mature, and then also just opportunities that came up. And it sounds like you had a lot of great opportunities come up, which is really good. So so do you have a tip on how to take advantage of those opportunities when they present themselves? Uh, yeah, the tip is d- take advantage of them. Like that's the end of the story, right? Um, I'm I'm very opportunistic in the respect of that. Like I will take advantage of an opportunity without fully like thinking about it. And it's bitten me in the behind a couple of times, right? Um, where it hasn't worked out. But the majority of the time I find a way to make it work. And that may be just something that I can do really, really well. Cause you know, I always like to take on a challenge depending on who you are, might not fit for you. But I think that the, the, we have to take a step back from that and which is, you are the only person who are going to be able to make those opportunities appear, right? Which I think is more important than than taking advantage of them, right? I got the opportunity to acquire these three businesses because I met these people at the conference I put on only because I wrote the book and if I backtrack the entire story, right? I made that opportunity happen. And Mm -hmm. if you're not making... If you're not, if you're just sitting at home and just you know blinders on doing the thing that you're doing and like that's it, 
You're not out there attempting to make opportunities for you. They come to you when you make them. So my tip would be do things slightly out of your out of your comfort zone to ensure that you're getting those opportunities, then fully take advantage of them, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. And what have you learned from some of them that didn't go as well? Xanax is a great drug. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I've learned, to be honest, I've learned determination and grit, right? Uh, I've learned that money's not the end all be all, despite the fact that sometimes I do say that. I've learned that there's always going to be another opportunity. Um, you know, the 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 truth is that like okay, so a couple of years ago there was a, a great Mac product called Now Contact. It was a office wide address book. This is pre Gmail, pre Office three sixty five. So we're going back like two thousand four, five, six range, right? The company went out of business. I saw an opportunity to like make the new version of it. And I spent over a year in development missing the mark. And I dropped $80,000 on building this piece of software. And I sold one copy for 149 bucks. Missed opportunity because I wasn't keeping, you know, it was it was partially good, partially not. My lesson there was like MVP, minimum viable product. Don't spend too long on harping on a particular thing. Don't do feature creep. Don't do this. Don't do that. But at the same time, I threw a, a, a really raging party for the release of the software. And I got to meet a lot more people who then gave me feedback on things that I, on other things I was working on. So like pushing through that has been the, 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 the lesson there, right? Learning how to get punched in the face more, uh, uh, not literally, like (laughs) more figuratively than literally, but like being able to get back up from Mm -hmm. that. And that's super important, especially as a CEO, especially as an entrepreneur. Yeah, getting back up, but then also using what came from that to propel something else, which you've been really great at. So so yeah. what came, for example, from talking to people at that launch party? What what's happened as a result of that? So from that, I I, I realized that I shouldn't be trying to recreate something that already existed. I actually just started creating things that just never existed before. And so you know, and also part of it was like my ego was like, I was really big because I, I had made this app for the iPad that got really popular and Apple wrote about us and Wired Magazine fought with us about it and things like that. And so I was trying to ride the coattails of that. And that doesn't translate. Mm-hmm. Writing, writing an app for the iPad didn't translate to well, a Mac app that you're trying to sell into a business, like those things. So, so talking to these people kind of reset me a little bit with that, which was good, brought me back down to earth. Uh, deflated my very, very immense ego. Um, But it also fostered better relationships with some of these people. I mean, I've met a consultant there who I've now, I'm very, very good friends with. He's technically a competitor of mine because he's here in New Jersey, but, you know, we support one another, right? This episode will go out and I guarantee you'll see a like on LinkedIn from Eric Grau of Chibi Tech, because that's who I'm talking about. And because we support one another, anything he posts, I like, I like, and he'll comment on myself. I'll comment on his stuff because while we are competitors, we're still friends in the, in, in the industry, which is very, all, the Apple consulting industry is a very odd industry in the respect that like, we're all actually friends, even though we're competitors, but like meeting him sure. there and, and learning from him helps. Is really, cooperation is great because you never know how you're going to end up working together. Yeah, 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 for sure. I have a, a, a basically a daily phone call, well, it's three times a week now, uh, with a group of 
uh, Apple consultants based in LA. I don't know how I got on this phone call. It's a really long, arduous story, but like every other day and like they're technically competition for me, even though I'm in New York and they're in LA. But as soon as I have clients in LA, which I do, and I need boots on the ground or I need help with something, or like I'm stuck on a tricky project, I know to call Scott. I know if I have a file maker thing, I got to call Phil. If I'm having an emotional breakdown, I call Ben. Like these are the people who I can rely on because they know where I'm coming from as we're all in it together as CEOs, entrepreneurs, and in the same industry. And Justin, it sounds like, you know, you really approach things with a sense of abundance, that there's more than enough for everybody, that there is a lot of great stuff in the world. You sound like an optimist. And I think that is kind of one of the tips that you're you're probably sharing. And, and I don't even know if you meant to. Uh, I'm more of a like, I'm not a glass half full, half empty. I'm more of like the glass has a crack in it and it's slowly leaking kind of person. Um, yeah, I actually have the word abundance written on my whiteboard, which is right there that I can see from my desk all the time. I try to be from a place of abundance. And I understand that like mindset is like a big thing in the entrepreneurial world, especially in the last two years. And I understand that coming from a place of abundance and opportunity is really, really, really hard for a lot of people. A lot of entrepreneurs struggle. We, a lot of us go into that scarcity mindset. You look at the books and you're like, how am I going to make payroll this week, right? Like that's a scarcity mindset. And I'm not telling you listeners to like, that that's wrong. Like you're allowed to feel that way, but also try to look at the other side of it. When you do make payroll, you're like, I did make payroll. That's an abundance mindset, the positive side of things. Oh, mm -hmm. I can get another customer. So I don't have to be in this mindset. And trust me, it is off. I am right there with you when trying to figure that stuff out. I am very open about this. I was diagnosed with clinical depression like eight years ago or so. And so up until that time period, it was really, really, really tough for me to like think like that. And so with the help of the right people and drugs that I'm given by my doctors and my family members and my coaches and whatever, like that's helped me come out of that and get into this this place of, of abundance. It's tough, not going to lie, but it is there and you can get there. Mm -hmm. And how has that journey helped you and your companies? The, the idea that there's enough out there means I don't really care about my competition, right? And I know that sounds funny because they're my friends and I don't mean like I don't care about my friends. I just care about their, I don't care about their business because it doesn't affect me right? We lose a client, we'll gain three. That's the way you look at it. Mm -hmm. And so there's enough max out there for every Apple consultant to have, to take care of plenty, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that has given me the drive to like, be able to continue going, knowing that like, I can call someone tomorrow and try to land a deal, you know, or the next day someone's going to call me, hey, tell me about your services. And the next day someone's going to be like, hey, I heard on, I heard you on this really awesome podcast about CEOs and entrepreneurs. Like, what's your story? That's that that's what it's about. Right. Uh, and, and, and that has given me the positivity. To try to keep going forward as opposed to as opposed to falling backwards. I think that's so important. I really believe that. In success in business is 80% mindset and 20% yeah. mechanics and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and being able to, to wake up every day and do what you've said, which is get up, find the positive and keep moving and keep helping people. I think that mission of helping people probably helps you more than anything else 
because you just got to wake up the next day and find a different way to help people, right? Yeah. And it's it's weird how it's opened up all these other opportunities when you think about this, because like I've met vendors who I've talked to over the years, whether for myself, my company or the conference or whatever. And now I'm partnering with them and I'm doing their shows or I'm hosting their podcasts or I'm doing different things with them, which allows me to continue doing that helping part, right? Which is super important. So going back to when we were talking about opportunities, they just, I'm not saying that they just come flowing through the door, right? I'm saying that like, if you have the abundance mindset, if you have a positive outlook on things, if you have your goals in place, if you know, these are things you have to line up as a CEO, the payoff on the other side will be there. Um, and it's, and it's an arduous path to get there, but like it's, I'm living proof that it can get done. That's awesome. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let me ask you about, I'm in marketing. How do you promote your business? How do you go to market to get more clients? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me this. And every mar every marketing person I've talked to gets mad at me for my answers. Okay. So as an Apple consultant, most, most of our clients who have Macs will call Apple for support. Apple will then send them to a particular website, consultants.apple.com. You will type in your zip code. You will find virtual computers if you're in New York, New Jersey, Des Moines, Iowa, Miami, Florida, Columbia, Missouri, or LA. So if you're not in one of those areas, let's say you're in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, you won't find us on the list and therefore you'll find someone who's near you. Other than that, we have done basically no marketing and, and not because we don't try, like we've tried the cold call things. We've tried the webinar thing. I've hosted a conference for who I thought was our ideal customers. We did a nonprofit conference last year. We've done these things. It just doesn't land because for us, the problem is you don't need us until you need us, right? You're not going to call me and tell me, hey, listen, we're looking for an IT guy, but right now everything is totally fine. Like that's not a normal conversation, right? So- Well, and it's a little bit a part of the Apple culture as well, that you would go to Apple first- Right, to get right. recommendation. And so in fact, you've done the smartest marketing thing you can do is be aligned in such a way that you can get a lead flow from Apple. Yeah, for sure. Like we make sure that we're in front of that as much as possible. We make sure we have a lot of reviews. We constantly rewrite our little bio to this way we're trying to hit the right people at all the time. So we, we've we maximized that to our fullest. But from, an, uh, from another standpoint, like it's been tough because, you know, it's always like, oh, if the IT guy's top of mind, trust me, there's never been once where the IT guy has been the top of mind until you lose that important file, right? Then you could go, who do I need to call? Well, you should call me because I know mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Uh, do you do any but, marketing to your uh, either past customers or current customers to stay top of mind? We don't do past customers, but current customers, we don't really need to do the marketing things because they're contacting us almost on the regular anyway. So every email that goes out of our system has our stuff in it. They, The staff there know who we are. We Here's one thing that we love to do. Uh, and, and I stole this from somebody else, so you guys can steal it from me. It's cool. Um, Anytime someone at an organization has a baby, we send them a onesie with a graphic of like a bottle of milk spilt on a laptop that says, I don't cry when I spill milk. I call Virtua Computers. And like that has landed really well with our customers. That's like awesome. the people who have the kid then tell everyone in the office about it. And everyone in the office goes, oh, Virtua. Like they love that. And that has worked really well for us for a couple of years. So like do things it like that. The personality of your brand that you're there yeah. to help at any level. It, it's awesome. 
So yeah. I just love the way that you stay connected with your customers. Um, you know, what sending onesies to your past customers might help too, because their situations may have changed. There's certainly been a lot of job changes uh, during and, and post COVID or whatever stage of COVID that we're <laughs> wherever at. we are today. Yeah. <laughs> but that's great. You know, Justin, I just love your heart. I love the way that you approach business. It's been an honor having you on the podcast. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with Virtua or with you, how would they do that? Yeah, so there's a couple of different sites. I'll try to do it fast. Uh, virtuaconsulting.com, V-I-R-T-U-A, consulting.com is our parent company. Virtua, V-I-R-T-U-A, computers.com is our uh, Apple Consulting. And then if you just go to justinescar.com, it'll kick you to my LinkedIn page. Awesome, awesome. Well, Justin, it was great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much, much appreciated. Uh, and uh, thanks for all of the heartfelt advice that you've given to other people on the journey. It's so important. Thank Have a you. great day, everybody. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. If you felt like this podcast interview captured your story, would you share it on social media? It's easy. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social account. Be sure to use hashtag CEO Founder Magic and tag anyone you think would be a great guest. I love to see your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to be sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe and we'll be excited to have you listen. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. And if you know of other business-to-business company CEOs who have compelling stories and who might like to be on this program as well, please visit keo.bz slash book today. That's keo.bz slash book today. And if you want to know more about our fractional CMO program, just go to our website, do a a search on services for Fractional CMO, or you can follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at KEO Marketing. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. I'm Sheila Clefcorn, and it's been a pleasure having you on CEO and Founder Magic.